What's up, everybody? Really appreciate it, everybody, for tuning in. My name is Law Nation, L-A-W Nation. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about th this Dallas Cowboys team and the nature and the flow of this team and how we can become better as fans. I, I, I do understand that a lot of people are angry. A lot of people are upset. A lot of people feel like this team is not going anywhere. A lot of people feel um, like... There's no hope. And I come here to tell a lot of people that sometimes it's good to sit back and look at the full picture before you make your final analysis. It's good to look at the full picture before you make your final analysis. Why you say that, Law? Well, I want to take you down memory lane. <laughs> Let me repeat. I want to take you down memory lane. What is memory lane? Well, that's the past. And when we look at this team, yes, yes, yes. We can say last year was, was horrible. We can say that last year was not a good thing. We can throw out the fact that Dallas Cowboys, the, the, the number one quarterback for the team is one and seven against playoff teams. But when we start to contextualize the losses, it's not that bad. And then when we start to look at it and we say, man, finally, 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 got rid of a coach that been here for 13 years collectively within this system we knew what Jason Garrett was when he came in and a lot of times it's, it's sometimes it can be due to karma on how you got your job and how you got your position and how you got to where you at and sometimes in life it shows up and it tells you right in your face you didn't do it the right way therefore you're not going to get blessed in those factors and I'm not saying that Jason Garrett is an evil man. I'm not saying that all of the things that he did for us was a situation where we just somehow to fall on the sword for it. But what I'm saying is that we knew that the guy never had experience. We knew that off the jump. And we knew that when we saw Tony Romo, we saw all of the glory that he could have become, but never lived up to those moments. And we went through some crazy injuries. We went through some poor performance as it relates to the front office, especially in the general manager category. And still to this day, we don't have a true general manager. We have Will McClay. We've seen the tide turning when we picked up a Will McClay. We've seen some good football stuff. So just as much as we are happy that we got Will McClay, we should be as happy when we get this new coaching staff assembled properly that's removing some of the politics, that's removing some of the Joneses from their power. Everybody know that Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett was handpicked by Jerry. He could not do no wrong. And just like when we saw issues within the confines of the actual structure of this team, there was nobody being held accountable for those things. And I'm talking about, you know, the general manager situation. But when we moved in and got Will McClay, a lot of things changed. A lot of contract stuff changed. So that is what I'm trying to tell people and showcase to everyone. Now, stats without context can be, can be misleading. I, I, I will admit that. Stats without context can be misleading. For example, if I were to tell you guys, Dak Prescott, he's 40 and 24, right? Everybody would be saying, hey, that's good stuff. But... 
But if I tell you guys that Dak Prescott 40 and 24, as well as Tom Brady, and as well as uh, actually uh, Tom Brady's like 42 or 43 and 20 something, and then you have uh, next in that list is a Russell Wilson. There have been so many people going back and forward at my previous, uh, uh, I guess, post as it relates to the stat post that they missed the meat worrying about the potatoes. Let me repeat, they missed the meat worrying about the potatoes, meaning that you're only focusing on the potatoes and you're missing all of the good stuff. When you have a quarterback that's transcending, that what a lot of people saying, transcending. When you are transcending or when you are next generational talent or when you showing that you are taking a team to this particular heights or you are separating yourself from the pack, meaning that there should be nobody close to your numbers regardless of how you look at it. See, Pat Mahomes is really transcending, right? He is generational. He is a guy that's looking, when you look at his contract for crying out loud, it's a half of a billion dollars. That's transcending, that's generational. So either, either Russell Wilson is transcending or he's somehow to be average at best, just like Dak Prescott. Because the numbers, they, they're not gonna be that far apart. You can't tell me, you can't tell me, you get in your car, you're going 65 miles per hour, and just because you are in a Honda and somebody else is in a, a Ford Prius, whatever the Prius is line is made from, and they're going 65, and the police only pull over the person that's driving the, the Honda opposed to the Prius, because they say, well, it's different. The context is different. They both going 65, but the speed limit says 45, but I'm going to only pull over the Honda. It don't work that way. But if you're only going 45 in the Prius, and the other person is going 65, then there's difference. I come here to tell a lot of people, the view and the narrative will always be negative when it's the Dallas Cowboys. It will always be negative. Positive stuff do not sell. The, the good stuff do not sell, does not have people to click on those articles, does not have people sitting on the, I guess, at the edge of their seat waiting to hear the good stuff. They only want to hear the bad. That's why TMZ is so popular. That's why the Shade Room is so popular. That's why the story that broke last week was so popular with uh, Will Smith and Jada. The entanglement is popular because it's a negative story. Negativity will always sell. You could take, you could take Pat Mahomes' $503 million contract and you times it by a negative one. It will be a negative number. Let me know if I'm lying. <laughs> Let me know, man. I really appreciate everybody for tuning in. I just got to give you guys some, some real raw stuff. And when I say this, I want you guys to listen. Pete Carroll's resume walks circles around Jason Garrett's resume. Pete Carroll's knowledge of the game, I can say this in his age and everything, walks circles around Jason Garrett walks a whole bunch of circles around. Is Pete Carroll have uh, uh, warts and things like that? Yes, he got his warts. He got his issues. He got his struggles. But one thing you can say, he knows how to identify with the players that's on his team. He knows how to understand, hey, if my defense is playing in this factor, I know who to bring in. My special teams, I would not let my special teams be on the bottom half or ranking at the low end. 
because I'm a head coach and I know that all of the stuff and everything ultimately will fall on me. And the reason why I know that because I went through the growing pains already. People fail to realize experience is everything. You can read a book, you can graduate from Princeton on how to swim, and you can do all of these wonderful things. But until, baby, you're thrown into that water, guess what? The reality sinks in. Tell you guys a quick story. There was this uh, passage that was uh, in, the, in the good book, so I would like to do this because a lot of people read the good book. This guy named Peter. It was a storm. The boat was rocking. And people failed to realize that the Messiah, Jesus, just did a multitude of, 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 of I guess, feeding thousands of people with two loaves of bread and some fish, right? But neither here nor there. This boat, there's so much storm that was going on. Peter woke up and the people were saying, hey, there's a ghost out there. Big ghost, man, is coming towards his boat. And the ghost yelled out to him, fear not, fear not. And he pointed out to Peter, and I'm paraphrasing. He told Peter, come on down. And did you guys know, I know a third of you guys been on a boat before. And we talking about a boat. We ain't talking about no scooter boat. When you on that boat, it's a long way down. You got to actually get off the boat, get on a ladder, <laughs> and climb all the way down. And it was a storm. And they saw this person was out in the water. And he said, come to me. Didn't you guys know that Peter himself took a few steps? But he looked down and he started to doubt. And I'm going to come here to tell you guys that doubt and fear are cousins. And once he began to have that doubt, he started to sink. And I want Cowboys fans to understand that this right here, when you're supposed to have love and adulations towards your team, why be mad and why be upset that Dak Prescott is on his team for one more year under the franchise tag? Why have those doubts? Why have those reservations when you're supposed to support your team? Don't you know that if you put all of your trust and you put all of your love, if you put all of your faith, you put everything on the line for your team, good things, positive, positive, something about positivity will find your way and knock on your door. It'll just be saying, hey, I'm here. But when you're so negative about everything, sometimes I question your fandom, you know, because at the end of the day, we see people from other teams saying, hey, man, it's not that bad. Can you imagine being a Cincinnati Bengals fan? Can you imagine being a Washington team fan right now? Can you imagine being these other teams, even this team that beat us last year, the Jets fans? Can you imagine being in those particular feelings of not leaning on what you had in the past? Not, not moving and getting a new coach in place. It could be worse than what we are seeing right now. Now that we finally got a new coaching staff, everybody want to jump ship, everybody ready to run, nobody want to stand up and fight and support this team, everybody's complaining, everybody's making it seem like they can walk on water without, <laughs> without any hesitations, you know? Let me know if I'm lying. I think that <clears throat> for the people that support me, they don't care what type of video I'm doing, right? They're going to sit there and say, man, it's law. Yeah, I'm just supporting this brother. I don't care what he's doing because I believe in his philosophy. I believe in his talk track. 
And regardless of whether or not I'm on here or I'm on ESPN or Fox or beyond, <laughs> you guys supposed to say, hey, at the end of the day, that's my dog. And this is what going on with the Dallas Cowboys. Remember, we were fans before Jerry Jones. Some of us were fans before Jerry Jones bought the team. And just because he think a certain way doesn't mean that we should curb our thoughts. We should curb our desires of loving the team. We have just as much part of this team <laughs> than he does, right? So, case in point, even with, even with Dak Prescott, I think that everybody in here, everybody in here, was fans of the Dallas Cowboys before Dak Prescott became part of the team. Let me know if I'm lying. <laughs> You know, uh, everybody in here was fans of this team before Dak Prescott intervened. Well, why stop losing your fandom since he's on this team? It's not like we looked at this thing and said, okay, we went 13-3. and Yeah, that was good. Now we went 2-14, and 2-14, 7-9 or what have you. Mm -mm. We have not had a losing season since this guy been on this team in the midst of having Jason Garrett. And on top of that, the games that everybody's saying that we went one and seven, for those who was at the game or watched the game, who saw the game, we saw Phantom of the Opera with the Phantom PI calls. And I've seen somebody make a statement in the Jets game saying, well, Dak Prescott didn't throw a touchdown in that game. Bull sugar, he threw a clear good cut touchdown. But the officials coming from the top rope said, hey, I accuse Cedric Wilson, you know. Oh, we saw how we had the momentum and we were fourth and one or fourth and an inch or what have you. And the coach on the sideline said, bring out the kicking unit. We've seen those type of situations going on. Ain't this right, young Wilson? Game by game, when you start looking at everything, you start saying to yourself, man, it's not that bad. If the ball bounced a few other ways, would you still have those notions or thoughts? Sometimes when you get burned because stuff is hot, it's the reality that stuff is really hot. But it does not mean you take and burn down your entire house. <laughs> I hope this stuff is making sense to you guys. Shout out to you, Jet D. I really appreciate you. Blake, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you're not a Cowboys, why are you here? Uh, move on. Yeah, I feel what you're saying. Uh, now, here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Uh, I, I do know that I got a lot of people who who jump on the channel that's not a Cowboys fan and, and just want to know what's going on and, and, and really want to give their insights and thoughts. And, and some people like to come in and to, to troll and put it like this. <laughs> they know where the good stuff at. We are the America's team. And it has nothing to do to them, but they just know where the good stuff at. We bringing you guys some good stuff. And it's real talk. It's none of that fake and phony stuff. But it is what it is, Cowboy Nation. I really appreciate you. C-Dub, what's good with you? John, what's good? Law, uh, you just <laughs> went right over the heads of half of the Cowboy fans. <laughs> but I, I try to attach real-life situations to real-life things. And, and the Cowboys, it's not that bad. Matter of fact, <clears throat> it's sometimes, put out this, sometimes losing your teeth is not a bad situation. Why? Why you, you lost your teeth? Because now you know not to do what you was doing, you know. Uh, sugar is sweet and it's good, but you got to go through a process. 
sugar can break down enamel. Enamel is like what one of the strongest or hardest substances on earth. But sugar, and if it's not well kept, will break a hole into that tooth. So it goes back to if you got to do some small things to get yourself in order so that you can have good teeth. <laughs> I hope I made some sense there. But that's just some raw uh, analogies there. Let me see if I can uh, read your comments, man. really appreciate you guys, man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the nation. Um, our Cowboys fam, where are all the hate, the bad news come from? Get your swad and, re <laughs> and represent. This is from a dog, Chris. And, and he here's the thing. People need to sell views. People need to talk Cowboys for ratings. Look, I kid you not, if you go back and look at all of the talk shows from last week, the Dallas Cowboys, we haven't won a Super Bowl since 19 of 95. Shout out to you, young Wilson, man. Appreciate you for supporting the nation. We haven't won a Super Bowl since 1995, but every year, this is the year that the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. If you think I'm lying, if you rewind all the way to 2015, this will be the year that the Cowboys will get to the Super Bowl. What happened in 2015? Oh, if you think I'm lying, go all the way back even when we had Quincy Carter. This will be the year that the Cowboys will get to the Super Bowl. And when the reality hits you in the face, you sit there and say, man, we are far from it. And sometimes when you say those things and you look at those things, you say to yourself, man, <laughs> I didn't have a fight. I didn't have a fight in this race at all. <laughs> but it takes a complete team to win the Super Bowl. And why law is going to break that down? I've seen people say, well, when I did the comparison analysis of the young Dak Prescott to the young Russell Wilson, people fail to realize I took veteran Russell Wilson stats and I compared veteran Russell Wilson stats to up and common veteran Dak Prescott stats, mirroring one another, right? But when we look back to four years prior to that, I think Russell Wilson came into the league in 2012, or it could be 2013, one of those years, right? When we start looking at what Russell Wilson was able to do, or it could have came in in 2011, I don't know. Y'all let me know. Um, when you start looking at Russell Wilson's stats and looking at everything, what was the uh, outlier for the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, Dak Prescott, he came past 300 yards a game. Well, what if I told you, like Ripley's, believe it or not, good old Russ, he didn't have to pass for 200 yards. What if he averaged right at 189, 199 yards? Couldn't even break open 200 yards because you didn't need to. You had the Legion of Boom. You had the, one of the better special team units in the NFL. What do that, what do that mean? Well, you had a Marshawn Lynch. Oh, my goodness. That means your quarterback does not have to be the end-all, be-all. He does not have to be the end-all, be-all. But, law, Russ is able to carry his team. And I said in the comment box, I said, what, what happened to him carrying his team in 2018, if you know what I mean? You see, it took a complete team. Here's why the Cowboys won in that particular game. Yes, Dak Prescott was good in that game. Yes, he stretched out plays when it was third and long. Special teams. Defense. Stop the run. What did the Seattle Sea Chickens wanted to do? They wanted to run the ball. 
Let's go all the way back to when the Seattle Sea Chickens were able to win their Super Bowl. What did they do? Oh, defense. It wasn't known for having the greatest offense, the greatest show, show on turf, you know. Special teams were solid. Defense. They knew how to stop the run. They won games. Some of those games was nasty. They didn't go out there and blew out everybody. But coaching was a major pivotal point, a major, major factor in those particular situations. That's what a coach is supposed to be able to do. And for many of years in Dallas, we would have a good offense, suspect defense. Good defense, suspect offense. <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know when we had a great or a good special team unit. You guys can remind me of that. But it's been many of moons. When we are a solid special teams unit, an okay special team unit, we will be laughing and saying, yes, that's a good special team guy. I think Lucky Whitehead was the last guy that was like, Ray, Ray. And you can say Tavion, but the but the coaching staff, the way we were operating, the way we handled things didn't really put Tavon Big Tay in the right perspective. If you really look back at the Minnesota Vikings game last year, we had Philip Tanner on the show and he was sitting there saying like, yeah, I dropped the ball. Oh, I dropped the ball because we kind of wanted him to do this and he, he fair catch the ball or what have you and he didn't get a chance to run it in for the touchdown. Could have been a game winner. We've seen, and I said this earlier, we've seen the 2007 David Hester and all those boys go to, all the way to the Super Bowl based upon special teams. I believe you might want to write this down. There's four elements to a football team being complete. Let me repeat, there's four elements to a football team being complete. And I'm going to say the best element of it all for this thing. Number one, you got to have either a good offense or average offense. Number two, you got to have either a good defense or a great defense if you're going to have an average offense, right? Your special teams got to be show, showing up and being one of those special team units as either good average or great good average or great your coach got to be above average your coach got to be above average you cannot have out of the four things that i just mentioned terrible because it will show up in big games what do you mean law can you break that down yeah i know it went over some people's head well you can't have a bad offense great defense and poo-poo bad special teams and a suspect coach <laughs> you won't win games and on top of that you can't have an excellent supreme good wonderful offense and a bad defense and expecting to win the super bowl with a subpar coach and terrible terrible special team units you got to come out with your particular program day one and say, okay, out of the three categories, because I'm the coach or what have you, I'm going to have to make sure that my offense is up to par and I'll have to make sure my defense is average, at, at least average. And on top of that, if we're trying to win a certain philosophy, my special team unit cannot let me down. Because what happened here is that when you get into the playoff, everything is condensed. Any slip up, any mistake can show it and rear its ugly head. Well, Law, what are you talking about, man? You're reaching, man. It's going over my head. Well, here, 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 here goes the situation right here. In 2018, the Dallas Cowboys, the mighty Dallas Cowboys, by the way, made it to the playoff. What? 
They made it to the playoff. They started off three and five, right? Offense was rumming, right? Everything was good with the offense because now they got into a system. The quarterback was comfortable. Everything looked pretty good. They was able to move the needle. They had no issues as it relates to this nor that, especially Jason Witten wasn't out there, so the people were free enough. Amari Cooper setting this thing on fire, doing all of that good stuff. So the, the offense, believe it or not, on the back end was excellent. Good. But the defense, it was good on certain factors, but it couldn't stop the bleeding. That was their Achilles heel. And if you could talk to anybody who coached defense or anybody who played defense or anybody who's around defense, the first and the number one thing that they will always say, we must stop the run, dictate the game, force the team to pass. If you can't stop the run, you can't win games. Football started, the essence of football started from running the rock. Worst thing, I don't care what your defense does, if it cannot stop the run, you're trash. It don't matter how you look at it, you got to be able to set the tone. That is the worst, that's the most demoralizing thing that anybody can do to anyone, is run the rock. What the Cowboys did in that playoff game, they couldn't stop the bleeding, they couldn't stop the run. Let me know if I'm lying. Who showed that blueprint? Who showed that blueprint to the Cowboys for the Cowboys uh, team? Oh, we was on a roll. Like Cottonell, we was made for that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts. We went up there to the Colts land. Oh, could it, could, it, could it? Was it a home game or away game? I think it was a away game. And that good old coach on the Indianapolis Colts was like, yeah, I scouted those boys. I know what their weaknesses are. See, everybody was looking at it like the Cowboys coming in this thing with straight up heat. Oh, we got to stop. You got to just stop the run on them, boys. Make them one-dimensional. Compress the box. Take away Dak Prescott targets. Hmm. It doesn't mean that your quarterback is trash because they do that. But you got to be able to punch the team in the mouth to counteract that. And... The L.A. Rams took that philosophy and ran all over us. They ran it down our throats. It was so bad that the Cowboys flipped D-Law to the opposite side to try to stop the bleeding. And it worked, but it was too late. It was in the fourth quarter when they did that. So, your, co your coach supposed to be good enough to make those adjustments. And I would tell people all the time, Jason Garrett is not a horrible person. He's not a bad person. He's just not a head coach. I think that his preparation as it relates to talking to people in general, giving people life experiences and coaching and those factors, is subpar. I mean, it's one of those things where you can say to yourself, you can't leave with a negative word after talking to Jason Garrett. But he don't make these adjustments that's necessary. Let me know if I'm lying. <laughs> so many times we would see a game and we say, where's the adjustments? Where's the on-the-fly adjustments? It would never be there. <sighs> CW, man, really appreciate you, man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, thank you. This is from Chris May. He said, thank you, Law. He was a great quarterbacks coach and even good offensive line, offensive mind with the others around him. Yes. And we're talking about, we're talking about Jason Garrett. 
Great coaches figure things out. They find out your weaknesses. They exploit them. They, 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 they game plan around that portion of it. And they say, I be dog and I be grim if I'm going to lose these factors. The reason why Bill Belichick, oh, I'm sorry, Bill Belichick <laughs> win games is more so to do with his intellect. And of course, of course, you know, he does have a little private screening of a few things. Average coach, but didn't make the team better. This is for Matthew. And, and for the Saints, for, not for the Saints. I'm not going to bring up the Saints. But I will bring up the Eagles. For the Eagles, uh, a lot of times, people who, who have the argument and say all of the negative things about the Dallas Cowboys. But it's the same situation. They brought in Doug Peterson. And he was a guy that looked at everything and said, okay, this staff have X amount of guys. As it relates to the front four, they're pretty good. This guy who's a safety, who's a veteran, what have you, we're going to still empower him or what have you. And uh, we're just going to bring in some extra pieces to reinforce. And, of course, that had to do with the uh, general manager there. But it was a rent type of situation. Bring in LeGarrette Blount. Bring in some people with some Super Bowl ties or Super Bowl experience. I think Howie Long or what have you. So they brought in some guys. Uh, I think that's his name, right? Howie Long. They brought in some guys with Super Bowl experience or with some experiences as it relates to playing the game. And they said, okay, we're going to go all in. Because we know for sure if we can strike now that iron is hot, we can figure out figure out this thing. What do our quarterback need help at? Oh, we saw what Dallas was doing. We saw that Dallas went 13-3 with their young quarterback. How did they was able to do that? They was able to run the rock. We don't have any Ezekiel. What can we do to get to that type of running situation? Oh, we can go pick up during this offseason multiple guys to run the rock. Maybe from there we can dictate this plan of attacking the middle of the field with our tight ends and utilizing some of our run and play actions so that we can get the ball down the field and score. Defense set up half of it, and they didn't have none of these problems as it relates to special team. I think they even scored a few touchdowns from the special team. It takes a complete situation. But if you don't know that, that part of your team, and if you're thinking that you do, and you don't make those necessary improvements, you keep falling into the wayside, continuing doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results and not getting anything accomplished. Shout out to you, Richard, man. Thank you so much for making a donation to help grow the nation. Really appreciate you, man. <laughs> yes, indeed. Big pain. Cowboys game. <laughs> Gamers knows y'all well. Appreciate you. Um, <laughs> shout out to you, man. Uh, I'm about to go on a vacation. Shout out to my dog, Vach Lombardi, who keeps the party. Yeah, he about to go on vacation, but we're going to hold it down, right? Ain't it right, Vach? We got some things that we're going to work out, and we're going to have some things that everybody's going to be able to identify and tap in on as it relates to our thoughts on this team heading in to the 2020 season. Defensive run, the rock, for real, for real. For real, for real. Jet D, I'm glad you mentioned that. What does defense does and what does running the rock do? <laughs> what does defense does and what do running the rock do? If I could say that grammatically correct, right? Here's the thing, my dog, mega poop time. Shout out to you, man. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. We just witnessed a Super Bowl to happen. And one of the greatest quarterbacks I was able to see throw the ball. You know, yeah, that's Pat Mahomes. The guy can sit Indian style and throw the ball 60 yards. It, with accuracy, with touch, with grace. You know, all of those good things, right? Pat, 
Mahomes, but he looked like a pedestrian for the first two weeks, well, for the first two quarters, I meant to say. So he didn't look like he was on par with his wide receivers. The ball was hitting the feet. Shout out to you, uh, Richard. Really appreciate you. Have you heard anything from Randy? I haven't heard anything from Randy, but as soon as you guys, uh, if I hear anything from Randy, you guys will see me, the bearded one, talking about it. Nevertheless, we've seen Pat Mahomes look like a pedestrian out there. What changed that game? Old school philosophy. I've been telling people from day one, you got to stop the run, set the tone. The 49ers, oh, I'm sorry, the 49ers, <laughs> were one of the better running teams in the NFL last year. Matter of fact, when, when we saw this whole process unfolding, I was sitting there saying to myself, man, the Titans about to go to the Super Bowl because they were running the rock just as well, right? <laughs> Nevertheless, when we looked at the 49ers and their ability to run the ball was purely on scheme. Matter of fact, teams are scratching their head because remember what I was saying, the demoralizing factor. You on the field, you lined up at the corner. You try to play on the ball, and then you sitting there saying, they running at me all the time. You're going to yell to coach, can I play five yards off so I can get the better angle? They putting their hands on me too much, coach. I'm tired of getting my hands on I'm tired of getting washed out. That's what DB says. Why do DB say that? It's, it's as physical as a DB mindset that I have. But a lot of times out of 10, a lot of DBs don't want to be that work action. You know, they don't want to get grabbed the entire time. And especially when you see, uh, oh my goodness, when you see somebody pulling, you see 330 pounds coming at you, and you sitting there like, God, dog, coach. They keep running the ball. They ain't throwing it. <laughs> but you got to have a crazy mentality. You got to have that, 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 boy, I'm telling you, man, DBs, it's a different. People say that wide receivers are prima donna. Some DBs are, you know. <laughs> and you're going to find out this year. You're going to see that by, by them not having tremendous and a lot of training camp, you're going to see some sloppy DB plays out there. I'm just being 100 with you. But it's demoralizing when you really can't stop the run and you really want to be out of the game, but you can keep getting washed. You keep getting the people hand, keep getting your hands on the inside of you. You're right. You know, so <clears throat> if the Chiefs were not able to stop the 49ers running approach or running attack, they would not have been able to win that game. On top of that, if the Chiefs were not able to create pressure and run the ball themselves, then they would not have been able to win the Super Bowl. See, the Chiefs matched the aggressive tenacity, the temperaments of what the 49ers were trying to do. They said, okay, you guys got that pass pro stuff out there. Okay, no worry. You no know, worry. You guys going to play pass? No worry. We're going to run the rock. <laughs> and then when we get you up out of the run, Oh, it's one-on-one -on -one isolation for the nation. I'm going to pass it. I'm going to pass the rock. Really appreciate you. Adrian Perez, man, who is going to, <laughs> to be our Achilles heel during the uh, defense this year? Who's going to be our – let me read it again. Who's going to be our Achilles heel on the defense this year? I don't know, man. This defense is so new. Uh, you don't stop what you work at all for Vikings game, though. Yeah, shout out to you, Ty. Uh, <clears throat> Coach Red, yeah, shout out to you, DBs, yeah. Uh, There's it, no, no hate at DBs, because y'all know I love DBs, but that is one of the most difficult things to get into, is rhythm, and on top of that, 
the mentality of somebody keep grabbing you, putting you down in the dirt when they're twice your size. Uh, safety next is Xavier Woods. He got a huge question mark. This is from a dog, Young P. Uh, Xavier Woods, I think that he's a grimer. He's a battle axe. He's a battle mindset. He's going to look at this thing and say, okay, you bring in hilarious. That's what my dog, Vach Lombardi, call him. Ha ha, Clint Dix, you bring him in. I, w I want to... See if I can beat him. Remember, he was pouting last year when everybody was talking about the fact that, you know, we're bringing in the Earl, you know, all that stuff, right? Swad is solid, no needs. This is from Greg Barry. True. Shout out to you, Greg. Really appreciate you, man. Shout out to you, man. So what I'm trying to tell everybody is this right here. It takes a complete team and the Super Bowl. We have to be complete on our defensive side of the ball. We most definitely got to be complete on the offense side of the ball. And we got to be complete on our special teams. And coaches can't wet the bed. Let me repeat, coaches cannot wet the bed. It can't be a situation whereas, um, let me see, it was some crazy coach did some crazy things. I want to say the Texans going for it on fourth and one on their side of the field. Was it the Texans? Let me know. Because the game was still uh, close enough, but the coach kind of wet the bed. You know, you can't do crazy, stupidity, stupid stuff. Uh, let me know if I'm right or wrong on what the Texans did last year. I think it was in the playoff. They some crazy stuff. And coaches can shoot yourself. You can shoot yourself in the foot. Uh, Chad, hey, Law. Uh, uh, will you miss Jason Garrett? Laugh out loud. Just kidding. How you doing, guys? You know, <laughs> that's one thing I promise you. You guys are going to have to check me into one of those mental rehab asylums or something like that. If I heard, how you doing, guys? I like sometimes I wake up at night and I hear the, how you doing, guys? You know, and I sit there saying, like, it's okay to be optimistic. It's okay to be not angry and upset at every little thing. But I wanted somebody from the media to, to, to call truths, you know. <laughs> Peace, kings and queens from John. Really appreciate you. <laughs> Chris, it says James Harden is sitting in for law today. Shout out to James Harden, man. Uh, uh, clearly, James Harden is way down in, in uh, Orlando right now, and uh, he is trying to get that team together. Uh, shout out to the East Side Harold. Yes, yes. Shout out to you, East Side. Shout out to my dog, Bach. Y'all check him out. Follow his page, man. So, I just wanted to tell you guys about that good stuff, man. Now, I just want to see what you guys are talking Whatever Q&A thing that you guys want to bring up, I'll try to answer them. Uh, Law, will you miss Jason Witten? Oh, my goodness. Let me, let me say this. Let me say this about Jason Witten. If, and I'm using capital I and capital F, if Sean Lee had Jason Witten's health, If, if I just take all that back. If Tony Romo had Jason Witten's health, boy, how far this team would be. You know, Jason Witten is born like the dude from uh, this movie I saw a couple of years ago. I think it's called Mr. Glass. Y'all remember that? Mr. Glass and uh, there was this other guy. Uh, he couldn't get hurt at all. And he, his only weaknesses was water, you know, slow but liable, yeah, I've got the name of that movie. But Jason Witten was that guy. You know, he was he, he was not even, uh, you know, he got hurt, what, busted, busted the spleen, came back the following day, missed only one game. He's a warrior. We, we love Jason Witten. 
but he just lasted too long for us. Unbreakable. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Robert. Unbreakable movie. Yes. I mean, God, dog, had a broken jaw. So he had, what, a broken jaw, came back the next day, and, and a busted spleen, came back the next day. Like, who does that? If that happened to Mo Claiborne or anybody else, they would have been out for weeks and years, probably. <laughs> but I hope that Jason Witten did this on his way out. I hope that he instilled some grace and some good stuff and poured it upon Blake Jarwin. I would love to see this Blake Jarwin administration. I can't wait to see what Blake Jarwin is going to do. Brother just got old. It's from Tyler. Yeah. Um, young Peace is Romo, Romo. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it baffles me. It baffles me when we talk about coaching and, and philosophy of coaching. We talk about player skill sets and beyond. And, and, and Jerry Jones talking about his only... His only regret is not being able to surround Tony Romo <laughs> with talent to get to the Super Bowl or get him to the Super Bowl. <sighs> Tony Romo has some weapons, baby. And I tell people all the time, we go back and forth, what's the difference between Tony Romo and Drew Brees? Tony Romo and Aaron Rodgers coaching all we need is a coach. We've got the coach now. Now I'm not saying that Mike McCarthy and, and people, and this is this is this is why I gotta gotta say this. A lot of people think that Mike McCarthy is the one-off, right? Like it's Mike McCarthy for Jason Garrett. No, no, no. That that that's not the case nor the scenario. It's Mike McCarthy and all of his collective staff. Can I repeat? It's Mike McCarthy and his entire collective staff. My dog up in here. Arr, 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 arr. <laughs> Jay Fall, man, what you got, man? The 2007 Cowboys still hold the record for the most pro bowlers on one team, and it's 13, if you know what I mean. Shout out to my dog, Jay, man. Always barking some good stuff, man. You better watch out because he got a bite. <laughs> but it's not Mike McCarthy by himself. Mike McCarthy in conjunction with even though I'm not saying that this guy can walk on water, right? You know? <laughs> even though we got Kellen Moore. It's Mike McCarthy adding some new stuff mixed in with the old, right? And uh, my thing is and I'm saying this cautiously you know, is that Mike McCarthy had issues in Green Bay for being stale, right? Old bag of Doritos. One time it tastes good, it never tastes good before. But when you sit back for a whole year and you look at your faults and you look at your, your, your wrongdoings, you look at everything that you did bad on, and you come back with a renewed mind, a refreshed thoughts, and you say, how can I elevate my team now? How can I bring some football stuff back? No, I can't do it by myself. So therefore, I go out there and I keep a Kelly Moore. I go reach out to the Minnesota Vikings and I see what they're doing on the defense. I love how they got Anthony Barr and Kendricks flying out to the ball. Everything that you love about those good old Minnesota linebackers, I got now. I got now their defensive coordinator. And you can throw in the spices as it relates to their front four. 
There's nobody on this chat could say, well, the Vikings defense was trash, law. They was horrible. You know, nobody can really say that. No, 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 no. He went out there and grabbed that guy and insert him in. And what was the height of what everybody was talking about with uh, Jason Garrett? Even the guy David Irvin, although, you know, he's like an empty wagon that make all of the noise. You know, you know how that goes, right? But David Irvin, even though he said this, and a few other people said this, and I'm not making this racial, because I know a lot of people going to look at it and say, oh, Lord, here you go with the race, but I thought we were going to go without talking about this. He said that Jason Garrett don't know how to identify with the players that's in the locker room. Well, Last I checked, Mike McCarthy, he ain't a brother. And a third, <laughs> the majority of this team going to look like brothers. So he said, you know what? Two tears in a bucket. I know I ain't one. I know we got some wildfires around here. I heard about that. I did my research. Rob Davis, what's up, fam? Come on over here. You can identify with the brothers. You can identify with them. You can talk to them about that. And the brothers know how the brothers talk. And then you can bring him into the mix. He can iron out all of that stuff. He's player personnel. So when now there's an issue that arises, he don't have to sit there and say, let me talk to you from my perspective. No, I got Rob. Why don't you go over there and talk to the brother, man? Talk some sense into him. Don't be smoking no weed in Frisco, bro. You know, that's what Rod Davis could do. <laughs> and I'm going to jump off of that topic. But that's what Mike McCarthy is bringing stuff in. Not just that, though, Cowboy Nation. Not just that. We had issues for many of years, many of years. Let me know if I'm lying though, Cowboy Nation, <laughs> before I go into this other topic. Let me know if I'm lying, right? But we had issues many of years, many, 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 many of years, many of years dealing with the special teams unit. What did Coach Mike McCarthy do? Not just the fifth or the eighth, or the 15th, but one of the best special team coaches out there in the National Football League. Well, well, boxing 97, you don't have to quit weed. You don't have to quit smoking weed now. <laughs> you can roll up and blaze that thing to the high heavens. You can get all the way high like John Legend. You can go high, you know. It's just that you can't distribute now, you know, if that's the story of a different day. You can't be distributing on the streets. But what did Mike McCarthy, back to the subject, what did Mike McCarthy do? He went out there and got Coach Bone Fossil. Coach Bones, one of the best special team guys out there. And he said, you know what? What Fossil first move was? I'm not finna allow people to be comfortable where they at. But we, wait a minute, we just signed this kicker for bath, right? Fossil already setting the tone. Bring in Greg Zerline. Bring in one of my dogs. That's already setting the tone. That's already setting the, the, the steel, sharpened steel type of mindset. Now they're going to have kicking battles. Now I'm going to bring out this person. Probably, believe it or not, if the COVID crap goes away, maybe he'll bring in another punt kicker. He's going to be looking at it, and you guys, if you think I'm lying, just pull up Coach Bone Fossil. Uh, he's on his, uh, what is this, uh, uh, sound of the, Sounds of the Sideline or special reports that they do on NFL.com. 
and the guy bringing a whole bunch of energy. Matter of fact, he brought in so much energy one time that they said, you know what, we're going to make you the interim head coach for the Rams. If you think I'm lying, let me <laughs> post it down below. They made him the interim head coach because he bring in that much of heat. And I'm telling you, it's hot. It make me take my shirt off over here. That's how hot it is. So hot to cut my beard off, you know. He bringing in that type of heat. And I love it. But they just didn't stop there. They brought in Tom Sula, Mike Nolan. I think Mike Nolan used to be a head coach. Tom Sula used to be a head coach. Fossil used to be an interim head coach. That is experience, baby. Now, I do know that you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. I understand that. But all of those wars, I wish I could play my song uh, by Lil Baby, uh, Something to Prove, you know. Uh, <clears throat> they got something to prove. And we bringing that type of heat. So I do not look at Mike McCarthy as a entity by himself. I look at him as looking at it, bringing in a whole bunch of people. <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna touch the beard, man. Uh, what's up with you, man, J Farm? Uh, <laughs> Brian says, I don't know, Young P, what works? Yeah. Um, Jet D, I'm trying, baby. I'm trying to drop you guys some legit information. Super Bowl championships are not won by skin colors, but they, but by, by, by the spirit to win. And that's from Harold Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not won by skin color. It's not won by skin color. It's not nothing to do with skin color, but it's on how everybody work together. I think that what football and sport does more so than anything, it unifies everything. It put everybody from different walks of the world and life, you know, and it put them all in one room and it forces people, it forces people to be one person, one team. And the thing is, the craziest part of it all is when you're not on the same page. And if you're not singing from the same hymnal, you will see that that person is off kilter. This person is not speaking from the same uh, uh, situation. One of the favorite movies that you guys hear me say it all the time, this is Sparta. You know, I love to bring in movies because the Spartan warriors, when they fought against the Persians, Persians literally, it was in the, in the uh, I guess the histories that they had over a thousand uh, uh, troops to come in. The, <laughs> the Spartan warriors only had 300, but their pursuit and the way they execute was everything. Everybody had to be on the same page. Everybody had to be on the same tune. Everybody had to be fighting for one cause and one belief, one heartbeat. And that's how they was able to win. Although they might have lost a particular battle or lost a war, what have you, but many of battles they won because they all was on the same kill. And when I say that, is this right here. You guys remember the movie? They had the guy that looked like the hunchback of Notre Dame. He, he, was, he was in there, Notre Dame. He was in there, and he said he wanted to be a Spartan warrior. And the guy said, well, lift, me, lift your shield, you know. And he could not lift his shield. And he said, the thing is, the thing is, in order to be a Spartan warrior, you have to be in the same groove. You have to be able to be able to withstand and block and pursuit a certain way. Y'all remember that part of the movie? Let me know. I love movies, man. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, let me know if I'm, I'm right or wrong, you know. Let me know. I'm, I'm gonna wait, wait. I'm gonna wait for you guys to say something. I'm gonna wait for you guys to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really appreciate you guys, man. Really do. 
Yes, that's from Chris. Yes, I'm right, right? So he had to hold his shield a certain way. By him not being able to do that, it would have caused them to lose the battle sooner. So that's what I'm saying. And of course, even within that, they did have allies. They did, they did have people to come out to help support them. So, but the 300 is, is the way I use this analogy. So whether or not you... you, you <laughs> it's quite funny, though, because... Whether or not you're an offensive line and a defensive line, they work different, you know. Their, their pursuit to the ball or protecting the ball is a whole lot different, but they both linemen, right? <laughs> if I can make any sense, though. One unit, one body. Yes, indeed, my dog, uh, Jed D. Uh, bring it out. Teach, man. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and and that's, why, um, I, that's why I believe that this particular staff need to be on one page. We need to be on one accord. Although the outside noises are there, I think that we should not be upset and we should not be angry. You know, I think that we should all look at this thing and say, okay, now is the time. Now is the moment for us to work together, get together. Now is the say, now it says this right here. May the best man win. If I'm Cedric Wilson, I'm supporting, I'm supporting Sidarian Lamb, but I'm telling Sidarian Lamb, CD Lamb, I'm not finna just give you this position, dog. I'm not. This, this, this is my this is my role just as much as yours. And Sidarian is gonna be like, nah, this belongs to me. And uh there should be the same talk track with the uh, DBs too. I love what Worley said. I love what Worley said. I love the fact that he said, you know what? What got me over Reggie Robinson, Diggs, and all of those young cats, I got experience. They're going to have to come prove that they young dogs are hungry because I'm not finna give up this spot. Hey, you check my track record. I never missed a game. I'm ready for this work action. I would rather have people like that opposed to saying, yeah, the rookies need to get out there and play, and we will see what the coaches decide. No, you have faith in your own hands. You got to get out there and say, okay, <laughs> this is my ball. It belongs to me. And I think that the young kid, the Diggs, the, Tav the Trayvon Diggs, man, boy, that boy. Whew. My dark horse still Reggie Robinson. But, man, that Diggs, man, he changing my mind daily, man. That, I, make me want to be that my dog right there, you know. <laughs> and, and Bradley and I and all of those guys, you know. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we, we will see how this thing rock out. Man, I got about six more minutes, baby. Dre, Dre, what's good with you, man? Big facts, Red, 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 really appreciate you, man. So <clears throat> this Dallas Cowboys team, I just want our fan bases to rally behind this team, support this team. Let's, let's stop being nitpicking and let's stop being angry and upset. Know for sure that whatever we think about Dak Prescott, whatever we think about Ezekiel Elliott, we don't have to agree with ESPN. We don't have to agree with NFL Network and, and CBS and Fox News. <clears throat> We do not have to fall behind the talk tracks of what uh, Skip Sayles is saying and Shea Sharp and all of those boys. You don't have to follow back and say what uh, Stephen A. Smith is saying. We can look at the tape ourselves and say, man, dog, Dak Prescott, he ain't the best thing since sliced bread. It's an ugly baby, but damn it, it's my baby. And dog, we can talk about our baby, but I'd be dog if anybody else from the outside talk about our baby. And we should be able to defend and honor and support 
our team and fight for our team just like anybody else who support and fight for their home. You know, that's how I believe that we should look at this thing. But so many times we allow the outside news, the outside pressure to start looking at somebody else and saying, man, Pat Mahomes is nice. He's everything. That's Kansas City's guy. That's their team. That's what they representing. But our Ezekiel Elliott is just as nasty. You know, I guarantee you, they're probably looking at their D. Williams or what have you, or whatever his first name is, and saying, man, he ain't no Ezekiel Elliott, but he's our running back. You know, so we got to find a way to be staying true to our team. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Have that faith, that hard work and determination to accept, support, and celebrate our people. <laughs> They're like my dog Tupac said, we need a place where we can kick up a spot where we belong. <laughs> where we ain't getting chased down and tied up and these sorts of things. We need to ride out for ours. <laughs> we need to support our own, baby. <laughs> Zeke Nasty, right? You know, Amari Cooper. So when people start talking bad about all wide receivers, people start throwing dirt on all wide receivers. We come back and say, well, hey, didn't you know that even with a bomb foot plantar fasciitis? Yeah, D-Hop is nasty, but my receiver put up more touchdowns than yours. Mm, my receiver, even though he had issues and elements, he still put up more yards at the catch than yours, you see. We need to be able to look at this team and say, man, yes, we had a down year, but that's just a better success story for our comeback. We need to start looking at that type of stuff. Just like when you have daughters, if you have sons out there, yeah, you might look at somebody else's son and say, yeah, man, that dog, he's dunking already. He's in the seventh grade and the eighth grade, and he's already dunking. But my, my son can shoot threes, though. My son can cross them up real tight, you know? <laughs> yeah. And wait till my daughter start doing this and my daughter start doing that, you know? <laughs> Look, the craziest thing of it all, don't everybody sound like Beyonce. And just because Beyonce can sing, she doesn't sound the best, you know? <laughs> just because Beyonce can sing and elevate the way she sings, should Ariana Grande, have you say her name? Should she be like, well, I don't, I don't have Beyonce fan base. I should hush. No, you continue to work on your craft, right? Oh, buddy, breaking ankles. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. If you ain't with us, yes, yeah, don't, yeah. Here, here's the thing. Yeah, you rule block my dog over there. Yes, indeed, man. It's, it's something about positive, motivating. And, and thinking ahead and supporting your team, right? It's something about bringing and standing firm on your set and saying on my block, this is what we doing. This is what this is how we gonna get down with it. If you don't like it, get gone, you know? It's something about having that mindset. So when people, when you set the tone and you start bringing it that heat, they say, man, man, when we go down here in Big D, it ain't gonna be an easy game. Fans out there, they support their team. They ready, they, they, they going crazy for their team. Man, and when they get into the stadium, or the stadium is what uh, Jerry Wayne would call it, the, 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 the team, we can't hear the plays, that's a factor, baby. What, 12th man, they understood that. The intimidating factor, baby. Cowboy gamer is a spy. <laughs> Yes, indeed. You're going to live stream for your game this season, Law. Yeah, Young P, we got some plans for you guys, especially those who are in the membership package. We got some plans for you guys. 
I've been making some plans, man. Me, Big Game, James, and Skywalker still with the new field, man. We're making some good stuff out there for you guys. 12th man football. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta be, we gotta be more aggressive, Cowboy Nation. We got to. And the reason why I say that, the Saints for acquiring a lot. They blown a, a, a clear out pass interference call, right? The next year, the following year, the following season, their fans rally enough together to get a whole rule change to change the entire NFL landscape. It took the power of their fans to say, you know what? Two tears in the bucket. If y'all gonna cause us to lose this game, we gonna complain, moan, and the other word to start with a B and an I and a T and a C and you can put the West on it. We gonna talk about this thing and we boycotting. They changed it just like that. Dallas Cowboys, Dez catch, no catch. We went back and forth praising Aaron Rodgers. Said that, hey, he still had time. We had this, had this. Our fan base so fickle, we don't work together as a unit, you know? And some people just accepted it. The Saints didn't accept it. They changed it. The next year, the next season. Cowboys, we've been accepting stuff too long. We should rally together and say we boycotted. We ain't watching another game until y'all change some stuff around here. Those phantom of the opera type of uh, tripping calls, that wouldn't have happened in Sean Payton's world. Sean Payton, uh Saints would have boycotted. They would have had everybody in New Orleans talking about, hey, we ain't watching the game, y'all cheating, y'all tripping. <laughs> y'all literally call it tripping calls when there's no tripping. But the Cowboys, it took the NFL team four years to realize and say, you know what, dog, <laughs> they just caught it. Four years for them to see what we saw. We seen the Dez caught the ball. It took them four years to finally see what we've seen. And look at all of the hate and all of the crazy stuff that we went through to get our point across. And everybody calling us delusional. It's crazy. <laughs> all right, Cowboy Nation, I overspoke uh, for an hour. I spoke for more than an hour, man. But uh, um, I really want people together, to gather together, man, and, and let's get this thing. Yeah, the Zeke suspension would never happen on the Saints' watch. No, no. They would have been able to say, you know what? This this is crazy. We ain't watching football until y'all put that brother back on the field. And the craziest thing of it all, and I'm not trying to put anything. I know that it was up to, um, you know, some crazy stuff that happened with Tyreek Hill. The brother didn't lose, what, he didn't lose what? Probably one game or something, didn't, didn't really get suspended at all. And for the simple fact, before that time frame, not like he's a, 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 a choir boy for crying out loud, he actually balled his fist and punched, and punched his lady in the stomach while she was pregnant with child. Or the situation that happened in Seattle land, I think it was Frank Wright or somebody, or whoever his name is, the stuff that he did, we can go on and on and on. But those boys was never suspended. But let let you know how, how things go in Dallas Cowboys land, right? Our fan base is not unified. Got to unify this thing. All right, Cowboy Nation, that's been my time. I really appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, you might want to write this down. 
may want to write this down. I always got to leave you guys with something. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for it, to give up your time and your peace and your sleep for it, if all of your desires of it makes you quite mad enough, that you don't get tired of it, and it makes you hold all other things tardy and cheap for it, if life itself seems empty and useless without it, and all that you scheme and dream is about it, if you'll gladly go out and sweat for it and fret for it and plan for it and lose all terror of God or man for it, if you were simply, oh, just simply, Go after the thing you want with all of your capacity, strength and scargacity, with faith, hope and confidence and stern pertinacity. If neither cold, poverty or famish or fame or sickness of body or brain can turn you away from the thing you want. If dogged and grim and beset and beset it with the help of almighty cowboy nation, we will get it. That's been my time. I really thank you all for yours. And remember, you're listening to nothing but the best. Let's go. I'm out. Peace.